Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 86 of Death Readers, the podcast where we read three books for the first time. In this episode of Death Readers, we're going to be reading through uh, Robert Backer's Raptor Red. We're going to be reading through chapters August Bubbles through December Death from the Sea. Uh, This is our third episode of this book. Uh, If this is your first time listening... We're going to be going through these chapters page by page, comparing notes and discussing topics that are brought up from the notes. Uh, We recommend you read along with us. So if you'd like to read Raptor Red, don't know why anyone would even know about this book. But uh, if you'd like to read it, read it, (laughs) read these and then listen to us as sort of a companion piece. And you can uh, chime in on any of our social media platforms or email us and we'll, uh, we'll get back to you. Maybe even on the show. So... Uh, did I miss anything? Nope. I don't think you missed anything. All right. Uh, do we have any housekeeping? No, we don't need to talk anything. All right. Well, let's move into the first chapter of this episode of Death Readers. August. Bubbles. I have a page note on page 125. Okay. Does that mean you my, don't have... Okay. Uh, mine's 121, but our books are off by about four pages, so... My only note page. is that I like the idea of snout eye coordination. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I like it for two reasons. One, it's obviously a reference to hand-eye coordination. Sure. But the silliness of it, I don't even know if he's a... I, I, it makes me wonder if he's aware of how silly it is. I, is feel, that, like he know, I feel like he knows okay, these things. Okay, it's because it's, your snout and your eyes are on... Are, they're on the same thing. <laughs> they're on your head. <laughs> they They're coordinated. They're <laughs> automatically coordinated. I don't know what he's talking about. Raptors don't have prehensile snouts. I they mean, have, they, they have sniffy they snouts. They have, they have, I'm sure they had snouts that they could, like, move to... Like, like, you know, like as much as anybody can like move the f- muscles on their nose. Well, actually, we things. have a whole chapter discussing about how raptors can't really move the muscles in their face. Yeah, I know. It's, um, it's... But haven't you ever tried to push something with your nose across the table and you miss it? No. Why would I do oh. that? I have hands. So I'm just saying maybe there's more to snout eye coordination than, uh, than you realize because you've got your privileged hands. Listen. God didn't give ancient little mammals thumbs so that I could push things around with my nose. But don't you want to explore the, all the... Just explore your body? Find out what you can do? Take a pin. Put it on the desk right now. I, push it with your nose. I feel like this is another trap. <laughs> it's This one's not a trap. This is a trap. You want to get me in... You want me to get into talking about exploring my body and trying new things... And I'm not going to do that. That's juvenile, and it's disgusting, and has no place in this podcast. Now, fine. Now let's get to talking about ostrich cock. <laughs> um, before we get to ostrich cock, yes, way before that, <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely on the list. Yeah, obviously. Um, I like the notes. Uh, the second time I've read this chapter. Uh, the dactyls are a distant cousin of raptors. And I'm like, could they mate? Could we have flying raptors? Well, I mean, that's kind of what they're saying dactyls are. No, 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 no. I want like a raptor with wings. Didn't like, did kick you? Ass, okay. Kick-ass so, gargoyle wings where it like wraps around them like a cloak. So I recently watched or rewatched uh, Jurassic Kingdom because as of this moment, we have not done a Lost World movie commentary. Mm. Uh, because there's no demand for it, so there's no. no reason to do it. So instead of 
just tolerating not watching another Jurassic Park movie, I rewatched uh, Jurassic World in 3D because I do that. This is the first one? You said Fallen Kingdom. No, this is the first one. Okay. And uh, there are some winged creatures in that movie that kind of look a lot like flying raptors. Okay, kind of look like is not a gargoyle raptor, which I believe I was very clear on. I think that they are that. <laughs> I want it I want it voiced by Keith David and the cast of Star Trek. Well, what? What? Oh. Um was Gargoyles did Gargoyles have the st- cast of Star Trek in it? Did I not know well, it this? had Michael Dorn and Marina Sirtis and Jonathan Frakes. Really? Yeah, Jonathan Frakes played Xanatos, the guy who put the castle above the clouds. Marina Sirtis played Demona. Michael Dorn was the gargoyle that was like half cybernetic that showed up later. Wow, I didn't know that. Man, I really took that show for granted yeah. as a kid. It was right um, there the whole time. Well, anyway, since you're too busy no-ending me, I'll just say, yeah, that sure would be great if there were raptors that were basically flying I gargoyles. I you. I gave you an opportunity to see that they existed in a sense of in a place where you could see them in media, and instead of accepting that, you said, that's not what I'm talking about. No. That's what I was talking about. No. no. Not what I mean. Not what I want. No. I have a very specific set of criteria that I want. How dare you? Raptors. How dare you try to help me? No. Because <laughs> then you get there and it's like the person couldn't describe things right. And you, you have you built up in your mind what you want. And you see them and they, they're all like scrawny and they have that tiny little pterodactyl neck. Ugh, gross. Oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad. You did, it's sad. You had your dreams and they fell apart. Oh, no. You had your little <laughs> dactyl dreams with the thick necks. and oh, What do you get, little pencil neck dactyl? Oh, I don't think so. Not in this house. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't like this uh, southern genteel grandfather character. You don't like the, the condescending porch whittler? Now that he's called the Porch Whittler, yes, I do. <laughs> well, I'm going to pour myself a tall glass of sun tea and uh, and carve me out uh, the, the world's tiniest violin for you and your tiny pencil neck dactyls. <laughs> I didn't realize we were working on your SNL sizzle reel. <laughs> you think it sizzles? Oh, that's so sweet of you. Anyway, moving on. Yep, this is the chapter where they frolicked and discovered that the dactyl could make bubbles and dinosaurs enjoyed popping them because they had brains that liked to comprehend new things in play. So before we get too deep in this chapter, because this is, I want to point this out here, even though I don't really have this full thought until we're done reading this section of the book. Sure. I think one of the things I really like about the characterization of Raptor Red is how inquisitive and playful she is. I really yeah. like... That how he's demonstrating her curiosity mm-hmm. and her her uh, her w- sense of wonder in the world. Like she, yes, she is a uh, violent, deadly predator who is just part of a food chain, and has to eat to survive. So in order to eat, she has to kill. But she does other things, like she learns how to play games. And she right, she's learns... not a monster. No, she's not a monster, and and, and I find that uh, refreshing. It's one of those things, though, about this book that makes me wonder how much Backer is trying to suggest that he believes this is the way all animals feel or if it's just a narrative device. And I think I might have mentioned this last episode. 
I feel like it's a device, but go ahead. Yeah, but it, it just makes me wonder because there it's in there a lot and it's very specific and pretty unique. It's very unique. He goes a long way to make to to personify Red without, you know, basically making her a human in animal form. He, he tries to stay within the constraints of animal behavior and what I've noticed in modern animals and how I can apply that or reconstruct how a dinosaur might have thought. Um, and it, it's a pretty successful marriage of the two. And I like it, too. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, yeah, that's that's what the Bubbles thing is about, is it's her her learning, oh, there's a new game I can play. Let me try to play this game. Speaking of which, I saw this other thing uh, on the internet recently that's very similar to this, where there was, like, a TikTok video of a guy who learns that if you take soap, like, you take, uh, might as well say dish soap. I Don't try this and don't blame me if it doesn't work or you get sick and die. Um, but the TikTok video I saw was basically a guy who took some sort of soap and he rubbed it on his lips. And then once he had his lips covered in soap, he could blow bubbles out of his mouth. Um, you didn't try this as a child? I didn't. I, mm, I don't you think so. And if I did, just soap in your mouth with a little bit of water, mix it all up and just. No. Oh, no. Uh, I, I didn't imbibe any household cleaners uh, of <laughs> one variety or another. It was something I think I knew early on was a bad idea. Why well, didn't uh, imbibe it? I made sure I wasn't going to swallow it. So you were a quitter. My point is, I was experimental and playful like Raptor Red. Good. <laughs> I've got... We, at some point, we have to read Red Dragon. Yes. So that I can learn Mason Verger lines. Well, no. Oh, which one is he in? Three. What? But he's in the. He's a he's a throwaway line in 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 Red Dragon, and is an expanded character in Hannibal. Well, then I just want to watch the show again. I just want to watch. Well, no, this. I mean no, no, no. Because if we start uh, with uh, Red Dragon, then we have to go through the series. Yeah, but I just want to watch the show and learn all the great Mason Verger lines from the show. Then no, there's a lot of great a lot of great lines in the first book that are used in the series. Well, I just can't, anyway. I can't remember any good ones. I I remember the one about quitters sure and i i I remember partial the gist of other ones like there's something about testing the fat with the knife yeah 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 i remember that too anyway um (laughs) you got any more notes on that chapter no all right um neither do i let's move to the next chapter september Always go for the one that limps. I have a page note on 129. I have a page note on 129. I wonder if it's the same one. It may be. I don't know how it could be. What's yours? Mine on 129 is, they call them, quote, dino hens. Does that mean that raptor cock wasn't just a juvenile laugh? It might really be what you call all male dinosaurs. My 129 answers that, so I'll go ahead and wait. Because I okay. feel like you've, you've got another note coming. Because my page 131 is... And there it is, an ostrich dino cock. This bit is officially retired. <laughs> I just wrote dino cock. Yeah. Because how could I not? I, I mean, when I read it, I went, whoa. <laughs> whoa. 
I, uh, I, I thought I was just being silly last episode, and here we are reading this exact thing. I mean, I feel like the book answered some questions we've brought up before, and maybe Robert Backer's better at writing and foreshadowing than I gave him credit for early on. No, I think this is a message to uh, all my, you know elementary and middle school teachers who thought I was just being juvenile all the time. Listen, sometimes when you're juvenile, you just might be right. Yeah. When, when I say I've got a dino cock, Mr. Anderson, uh, I think about my pet at home. If you if you pet your dino cock too much, your vision will be based on movement. That's <laughs> <laughs> There it is. There it is. There it is. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, hmm. This is the chapter where Robbie threatens the chicks for the first time, which also answered some questions about you'd brought up the lions uh, destroying the prides of previous males and how this is alive and well in raptor communities. But then yeah. he has the wherewithal to to combat that urge to try to impress Raptor Red because he knows that will upset her. There's definitely a suggestion in these in these chapters. I don't know if it's at this point yet, but eventually that are that suggests that Backer believes dinosaurs have the capacity to navigate the uh, treacherous structures of social dynamics more in a very, in a very relatable sort of design. I think Um, you started to mention it here. Yeah. Yeah. I I think in our last chapter for this episode, it it comes to a head, but yes, it's, it's, it's consistently in all these chapters. Uh, and then the the concept of going for the one that limps the the namesake of the chapter is this idea that it, it sort of calls to mind this idea that the dinosaurs know how to uh, prioritize hunt like like uh, victims when they hunt like mm-hmm. it's a lot like what you'd hear in a lot of nature documentaries about wolves and things like wolves and on the tundra in the Arctic hunting caribou mm-hmm. or 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 wolves or in looking for deer that limp or uh, hyenas or cheetahs or any sort of predator on any sort of planes uh, chasing down something that is weaker or older to get an, the easiest possible kill. In the land of the 50 mile an hour dinosaurs, the one-legged dino is lunch. Indeed. Any more notes on that chapter? Um, just, I kind of enjoy the, um, I enjoy the acro learning how to look up. <laughs> um, and discovering the dino or the raptor chick in the tree. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, oh no, we'll get to the fight here in the next two chapters. That's right. Yeah, it ends on a ends on a limb hanger. Do you want to get to the next chapter then? September two tier drama. Uh, I have a page one forty four note. Uh, this is the chapter that introduces a new character, the Aegeus. You say it with the soft G. I was saying a Gylodon. I might have I might have written it wrong. Oh, it could be a Gylodon. Uh little tiny basic basically the little squirrel rat from uh Ice Age. Right. Running around in its little burrow, uh, eating bugs. And at first I was really like, Oh fuck, we're doing this. We're having this little rodent under the ground as the dinosaurs are fighting up above, but it actually I found this working. I found this very compelling. I, I was mostly bothered by it. Like it just was like the fine. Really? Why did why why did you not like it? I don't know because it's not dinosaurs. I mean, it's fine. It's just like it was a th- th- let me okay. I'll, I'll just say it. This little mouse was a Mary Sue. His brother wasn't though. 
Doesn't matter. My brother was barely in it. Well, but this is the one that that uh, spawned Democratic senators and Republican speakers of the House. You're way ahead of my notes. I'm sorry. I didn't know you had a note on that. My note before that is that there's a line at some point that says there are uh, piles of panic shit already all about. That was a good. I like that. And I was like, oh, that's like poetry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, So the acro, is that what I called it? Acro. The acro is about to eat the raptor chick, but it didn't see the other adult raptor coming from the side. Yeah. To which I wrote, Clever Girl. And as I wrote Clever Girl, I'm like, this is going to be fucking Robbie. It's You're fucking ruining my joke. But, <laughs> yeah. And, and it was. It was Clever Robbie. Clever boy. Making for a, just a moment, a brief moment in time, uh, a little headway with the sister-in-law. Yeah. Or the Short-lived, sister. obviously. The red, um, red sister. I, I okay I going back to the the bug or the the bug the uh the little the little mouse guy I think it was like it felt you ever see that you ever you ever see those episodes of South Park where uh Lemmy Winks goes on his adventure yes it's like that it reminded me of Winks. that I, I love Lemmy Winks too but when I was reading this I was like oh this is like Lemmy Winks but worse <laughs> it's just fucking Lemmy Winks oh my god I don't want to read worse Lemmy Winks. I can't believe it's Lemmy Winks. <laughs> I just—it's worse. It's just not as good. Just want to, now. I just want to go watch those episodes. I—I I don't think. I. You know what? I think it holds up. I could write a song in my head. <laughs> sure. I—I <laughs> I think that there's a. I—I I, I think that it's some version of this story. Let me. This this little furball met uh, katata fish or whatever and. <laughs> <laughs> Meh. I don't have any more notes on that chapter because the Let's next chapter is basically the same. Right. This is part two. Right. Uh, September, the cutting edge of bug boppers. Not a, not a title I liked. Uh, I have a page 147 note. Okay. Mine's 145. So I think it's that might be for you. you. It's definitely you. Um, It's not a good note. Um, but I did like his description of uh, Lemmy Winks's teeth as Lilliputian guillotines mm-hmm. but also having molars but yeah but the the first i mean the it felt like teeth. he was describing a lot of molars but, but the sharp molars maybe is that a thing uh in i don't in think that's a cretaceous thing. biology you see because you have sharp teeth for for cutting and tearing and then you have the molars for and chasing and, and chasing littlefoot yes you that is very true um, but they're not, they're not usually, the molars aren't necessarily sharp. I'm saying he had molars and sharp teeth. I'm sure he does. But like the way that they, the ones they seem to focus on the most are the molars. I'm just saying, I'm impressed that you focused on the thing that were less talked about. The Lilliputian guillotine. Yes. Lilliputian, AKA Gulliver, AKA dumb. Gullible, AKA you're stupid, Rob. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, no. Just read between the lines. You being gullible isn't as bad as your stupid-ass handwriting. Gullible's travels. I just wanted to show Gullible's travels. I had nothing to back it up. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> my note is uh, nocturnal hunter alarm. 
Yeah. I thought we learned that raptor eye sockets were like big night birds, suggesting that they were nocturnal predators. Am I misremembering or does Backer disagree with Crichton? Well, so I think it went, I think the timeline went like this. Crichton suggested they were nocturnal and you said, why do we know that? So I looked into it and found out why we knew that. Right. Then Backer said, raptors weren't nocturnal. Wait, hold on, hold on. Then we read another book by a guy named Backer, and he, <laughs> and he said, said, "Yes, that raptors weren't nocturnal, or, or or intimated that." And we went, "Oh!" But then he said, "Red was waking up at, or she went to sleep early and then woke up in the middle of the night, so she maybe she was nocturnal." And we went, "Oh!" And now he's saying, "But they're not nocturnal." And we went, "Oh!" Yeah, it's 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 a roller coaster. It is. It, it's. He's saying their eyes aren't good for nocturnal hunting, but but Raptor Red has evolved to be good at being awake at night because some evolution needs someone to be. And it's like, ah, man, pick, just pick a theory. Like I, I'm I'm fine with you saying there's a lot of of evidence to suggest different things, and I don't feel like any of it's conclusive. But sure. like, then don't be conclusive. Right. Don't don't tell me she is or isn't this or like they are or aren't this. It's just. Eh. Uh, you got any more in this chapter? Just, um, uh, Lemuinx kills a scorpion and then starts eating other bugs and, uh, death for the dinosaurs is implied. And right. I'm like, but they're, they made it pretty clear. It's not a scorpion. What the hell is it? But then we'll find out. Right. The, the thing that I, uh, I thought about this was this, this specific section, uh, was even, was even more like Ricky Ticky Tavi and then mm-hmm. like, and then jumped f- even that shark into uh like that i forget what it's called but it's that old uh disney fake documentary about lemmings mhm uh it reminded me a lot of that in the way it was in the way the writing worked do you remember what that's called uh, no i just know it was disney yeah and they drove all the lemmings off the cliff yeah, but it wasn't a real cliff like they didn't actually do that it, oh that like, i did not know I'm fairly confident it wasn't a real clip. I think it was just a sound stage where they pushed. I don't know, man. I'm just thinking about what I remember the the camera angles being being the kind of camera angles that wouldn't work unless you were in a sound stage. Gotcha. Uh, that's my memory. I don't know. Anyway, uh, my my overview is is that, and uh, I like that the mouse kills the scorpion. I thought that was a little convenient, but also fine. I like how often he he peppers in his writing uh, that the mouse is reflecting on how old it is and how old it will live to be and I was like, "Oh, wow. That's not even 12 months. Like this thing's expecting to live to a ripe old age of 11 months old." Yep. Fuck. <laughs> Stupid shrews. All right. Well, you want to go to the next chapter? Let's do it. The next chapter is September. Furball Liberator. I only have an overview. Um, okay, so this is where we find out more details. Uh, Lemmy Winks is almost captured by an ostrich dinosaur, but fights back, gets flung away, mm-hmm. where his uh, brothers fare not so well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also where we find out all about the bugs that he ate, which were deadly virus-carrying, would have totally killed the raptors, like like mosquitoes, but with guaranteed, we will kill you. With the virus, we'll inject you with. Right. And uh, Lemmy Winks just went to town because why not? And he ate them all in the middle of the night. And none of the dinosaurs, I mean, I guess they're really slow bugs if they never got to the dinosaurs at all. And he just was able to eat one after the other. But um, 
Yeah, the 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 way the action there is not well described. It's not well described. I I, I didn't have a problem with Limmy Winks being a Mary Sue, but it did remind me, and I can't remember it clearly. And I even tried looking it up; it didn't work. But there's a scene in one of the later Hitchhiker books where mm-hmm. Arthur comes back to Earth and is so hungry he eats some like rotten food in the fridge. I don't remember if it was sour milk or if it was moldy casserole or what, but in so doing, he 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 ate something that killed the very deadly alien virus he was bringing back to Earth. Oh. And it's one of those little funny Douglas like Adams insides. Like penicillin would. And this happened to do that. And th- that's what this chapter felt like to me. Like, oh, everybody almost died, but then they didn't. So other than telling you all about Lemmy Winks and his adventure, I didn't need to write this. Right. I didn't have um, a I didn't have a problem with it. It was just uh that's what it was. Yeah. My only note is that I really liked the last paragraph in the in the chapter and Which was? I was kinda hoping you would read it. Oh. So I also want to point out that the reason I think I uh I, I gave them that soft G was because it mm-hmm. sounds like Steve Agee's name. Okay. Over a hundred million years later, the flow of AG genes will produce wonderful creations. Giraffes, elephants, rhinos, whales, bats, monkeys, chimps. Democratic senators, Republican majority leaders, Charles Darwin himself, all can be traced back to the supreme bug bopper, the Agilidon. Yeah, bug bopper in the house. <laughs> Hello, baby. <laughs> I'm the Yililiputian toothed. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't have anywhere no. else to go with that. It's just like... it's it's hard. It's hard. I, how often do you think like I need I need I need Cretaceous synonyms for Chantilly lace? <laughs> uh, or like the two wide guillotine toothed, very tiny, uh, viral carrying bug eater. I don't know. It didn't work, but it's. You can't say bopper. You can't just say bopper. You can't, just you can't go bopper. around it's, saying it's, bopper. It's, it's weird. It's, it was weird. They had ninjas in the 90s. Like the Supreme Night Ninja. Oh, okay. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I really thought you were trying to, like, when you said they had ninjas in the 90s, it sounded to me like an out of left field comment. And I was like, does he want me to argue? <laughs> <laughs> does he want me to disagree does he think no he, he didn't think... rob because i didn't see him ever <laughs> oh that's that's how you know they were there see now you're arguing for me if did you we, saw the did ninja, we freaky friday again you'd be dead <laughs> um, um my my only last note on these couple of chapters was i liked the bouncing back and forth because it made it more interesting than just when we would just take an aside for a whole chapter. Yeah. It, it I, felt more, more engaging and I stayed with it longer. Uh, and I was like, yeah, okay. I feel you. I just also feel like they, they just, for me, it was too much. It was mm-hmm. too long because I, I don't know. The, the lack of actual narrative in this book is kind of getting to me. Sure. Um, like, and I, and I think these chapters eventually get around to some more arc, some more character development, some more like, exploration of those characters and i I have to say when the book does that stuff it's it's impressive it's impressive how like relatable it is and understandable and i i just i like it but the stuff that's about like the i described this book to somebody as like 
if you were going to read a book about a truck driver who goes about his route in his everyday life and the book's just about how he goes about doing his job and then he stops in at like eateries and truck stops and when he does the book starts to become about a story about someone else in this place he's in until he leaves and then the book goes to be about him again but every, but he has to make multiple stops because he's traveling across the whole country or something. Right. And it's like, but then just replace the truck driver with Raptor Red and all the other people with any other Cretaceous animal. And that's this Raptor Red. This is Raptor Red. Red Higgins. Come back, good buddy, 10-4. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's that's that's what the book's like. It's, it's, that's, it's, that's pretty fair. It's, it's, uh, it's not to criticize. It's just like that's a strange vignette-esque kind of story that I do feel like is, is a, is niche. I mean, besides how I mean, this book is really niche. It's, it's pretty it's, niche. It's, 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 it's a, I don't, I haven't read a book like it. I've never heard of a book like it. Um, so I can appreciate how unique it is in that sense. So are you done with Furball Liberator? Yes, I am. Then let's move on to the next chapter. November Cretaceous water lanterns. Uh, I just have like basically a description of what happens in the chapter. Why don't you take us through it? Uh, in this chapter, one of the chicks dies. Uh, one of Raptor Red's sister's chicks dies. That's how they open the chapter, right? Just yeah, right away. Uh, with or think Raptor Red or the male like poking at it to see if it'll wake up. Um, or, or Robbie or or Raptor Red. Uh, and she, uh, Raptor Red and her consort, you know, Robbie. Uh, they comfort her sister. Who's actually and grieving? Who's actually grieving? Like, 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 which is an interesting thing to see because there are. I, I think you can observe grief over death of a loved one in certain animal species, mm-hmm. but um, not all. Because mostly, because mostly because I think humans have it. Like, like he describes later or earlier at this point, certain mammals or, or animals have the capacity to express emotion on their visage. Whereas right. not all animals have the musculature to express it in a way that humans would be able to interpret. But that doesn't mean they don't feel it. It just means we don't have the way of interpreting it in a way that's easy. Dogs, uh, sure. cats, elephants. Do 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 birds? I, I feel like that's not something I, I haven't heard. Um, but I can't think of an example. Like, uh, you know, dogs, I, I can go right to uh, where the red fern grows. Right. For even if it's not true, it's an example of it. Right. So people, it's something people consider. Do, do I feel like maybe birds, some birds mate for life, and when one dies, the other one's down. But this is some pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. Red sister is. Uh, it's like reading the death of a child in the book, and then the mom, you know, <laughs> loses it. Down. Sorry. Do you want to tell us what else happens in this book? <laughs> you just, just think you can slide those things in. Oh, no one will notice. No one will notice this little little pun I have going. Even though you made it last episode. I noticed. That's all I'm saying. Then the uh then it's a lot of Raptor Red and Robbie experimenting with eating seafood, and then they invent a, another game where they taunt a, a giant sea beast. He basically takes her for a day on the beach to cheer her up. Right. 
Um, well, he brings yeah. he brings her a, he brings her a crab in a separate instance, and then they go and then like the next day or something, I think they have another beach like, excursion. Check out this beach thing, you, and then they spend just all day at the beach. And then the next chapter at the beach. Um, yeah. But but my I guess my question is, what what beach? Because they start in Utah, right? And they they talked about going west. So my question sure. to you is, do you think they go west to the Pacific Ocean in California? Or do you think they go southwest to Mexico? No. You think this is the Inland Sea? I think uh, maybe I think this is Pangea. Mm. And well, post-Pangea, but, but I'm saying I don't think the landscape looks like it, it, it does now. So they don't have to make it all the way. To, I feel like they have beach here. Well, beach. my friend, I, oh, yeah. I do believe there is a map in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely like ah uh, here it's right here it shows where the beach is whoop beach so it's it's technically oh this is why it's so it's so confusing is because the, the where the beach is is actually where california would be eventually but at this point it's covered in water that's what i'm trying to articulate and apparently so, i did a bad job you did a bad job well i'm sorry so the answer is yes california not mexico well, I mean, Utah, because California's underwater. No, uh, not the whole state of California, just the like the western half. I mean... If anything, this would be Nevada. You with your geography. Um, okay, cool. So we have that. Yes. We have that nailed down. Um, okay, I guess I could have just looked in the book for my answer. Uh, my, my only overview here is... I wish I could better visualize what's happening in these sequences uh, because they they talk about Raptor Red and Robbie looking into the water and seeing things. Mm-hmm. And every time I've ever been at a beach, like I, I my wife and I went to Monterey Bay a couple years ago to sort of like cannery row it up. And we we went to Monterey, technically. Um, and in old Mexico. No, this is in California. Is it Monterey? I forget which one it is. Is it Monterey Bay in California or is it Monterey? I don't know those things, but the Frank Sinatra song suggests Monterey is in old Mexico and California is technically old Mexico. Monterey. I was right. Um, so we went there and it's a, it's a, it has a lot of uh, beach and a lot of like uh, tide pools and, and there's lots of, we saw lots of crabs and stuff. It was really cool. Um, did, you, did you get one caught on your finger and then bring it to your wife? Nope. Because well, so far you were describing the day at the beach, uh, Robbie and Raptor Red had. Ah, no. Um, we we went, we did see crabs and stuff, but we didn't like the things that they're describing seem to be much deeper. They're talking about seeing like squids and all these other stuff, and I I just I I know that's not the point of it. The point is to is to give us an opportunity to in the narrative see oceanic Cretaceous or uh, Cretacean life, um, but it was hard to justify in the narrative for me. Sure. And so, so I just wish I could understand like more of that. Or if like, it, it seems like such an opportune moment to be like, okay, we're going to leave the Raptors narrative and move into another animal's narrative. They did that with the crocodile. They did that with the turtle. Did that why not with, jump? Uh, with Lemmy Winks. Yeah. Why not jump into somebody else into the water and let, and go on an adventure underwater there. And then there we'll be able to tell, way more accurately what's going on as opposed to it being this weird the raptors are watching the ocean like we would watch a tv 
Right. Which seems like an unnecessary addition to the capacity we already have established in uh, of the narrator in this book. However, that's a that's a great observation because I didn't make that connection. They they're just, watching it like TV. They're just vegging out, or yeah. just meeting meeting out if they're uh, carnivorous. I don't think vegging out is supposed to suggest that you're only eating vegetables, or it's not a comment on what you're eating. It's a comment on how you're being immobile like a vegetable. I understand, but I have to make my I have to tailor my analogy to the uh, to the dinosaur's smaller brain. I'm sorry, my logic is ironclad. You want to do the next chapter? Yeah, let's do the next chapter. That November chapter. Oh, November tentacles. I didn't like this chapter. Did not like it. Yep. It uh, it was more of the same without being interesting. More of that bad beach description. This was the part because they had such a nice moment at the end of the last chapter, and I was still invested from the Limmy Winks chapters, that I was sure they were finally going to hook up. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason we're reading this book. We want to know how dino sex happens. Well, it starts with poop. building towards it, and I've been... It, it, it's just as engaging as fucking Bridgerton. I'm like, oh, well, they won't, they? Oh, I think it's finally going to happen. He brought her crabs. He gave her crabs. Now let's get to the sex. And... Uh, nope. First he gave her shit, then he gave her crabs. Or wait, first she gave him shit, then he gave her crabs. Yep. But ne'er between twigs they shall meet, I guess. He's gonna slip her a dino fossil. You. Because it's a bone. It doesn't always have to be a bone. You can have fossilized footprints. You can have fossilized tree. You can have fossilized feathers, skin, dung, (sighs) eggs. If anything, they're even more like stones than they're like bones. We've talked about this. Yeah, they are. So anyways, yeah, this, this, I, I, I've been kind of clipping along and this was like hitting a wall. Yeah, I felt the same way. Uh, I had to rush through reading most of this chapter today and it, I just, I think it was, that was another part of it was like, I didn't like the, there was so much of the Lemmy Winks and there was so much of this, like, like I said, like Cannery Row stuff. And it was just like, okay. What's next? And then, and then that's all I have for this chapter. Yep, me too. And then that brings us to December, Death from the Sea. And we get action, and we get resolution, we get progress. We thank God this is where this episode ends. Yes, this 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 was it was fun. It was frustrating. It was entertaining. It was annoying. Yes, but it was also it was also actually something exciting happening for the character we're reading the book about. True. Um, That's so. Do you want to take us through it? Yeah. So basically, what happens is that we learn from uh, the white-winged pterodon or white-winged dactyl that the uh, raptor pack is being uh, stalked by acros on their beach paradise, and he can see him from his lofty perch above and calls out, and they ignore him. And they ignore him because they are infighting because uh, the sister got agitated with Robbie and bit him and after biting him her one of her remaining two chicks uh, mimicked her mother and also wanted, bit him wanted to be a big raptor just like mommy right and he had had enough of it so he bit the baby raptor he he snapped at, at it he snapped yeah. at it it ducked and dodged the wrong way and found its way into his mouth he didn't mean to bite it he just walked into it sometimes yeah 
It's um, not his fault. I mean, he's not a excuse. bad guy. Yeah, he's not a bad guy. It's if you got to know him, you'd know that he would never hurt the baby raptor on purpose. Not, a, not intentionally, no. It just wouldn't stop crying. <laughs> I just grabbed him by his little arm. Um so uh then that inc- uh, incites the 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 mom raptor to basically want to kill him. I mean, she's she is chock full of Cretaceous uh mother rage. Oh yeah, there's a that's, that's actually my first note. And the only thing the only thing keeping him alive is the fact that her child is in his mouth. Right. And and my first and he's sitting there with his like like his hands caught in the cookie jar like mouth agape. <laughs> oh. Actually, my first note is that uh on page 181 they reference her being blood-minded. And I didn't know... I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase before, because I haven't. I don't really know what it means. No, it's a noisome phrase. Noisiferous, sorry. <laughs> noisiferous phrase. I mean, uh, I guess it, it... Could it mean, like, like being in a rage? Like, that's the best I could... I, I feel could like it's it's seen red. It's, uh... Yeah. It's the... <laughs> the heat, the, the, the rage took me over. You don't understand, yeah, it's Robbie. Confusing. I'm always angry. Yeah, that's my secret. That's it. Yeah, so I fucked it up. I fucked that up too. I'll fuck everything up. Hey, hey, Rob. Sun's getting real low. <sighs> Sorry, I had to have a cathartic break. Yeah, nope, yeah. No problem, uh, man. <laughs> uh, where were we? Race so fight. they're having this um, infighting as the acros are c- creeping closer. Yeah, and then the uh, and then eventually the the acros strike. There's a big fight. Uh, the 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 chick gets loose, runs away, but runs towards the beach. Gets in the sh- the shore, and we've established from the pre- previous chapter that there's this big sea monster that likes to jump up and snap at things that are on the shore. Raptor Red and Robbie have been playing games with it and dodging its attacks. But now Raptor Red knows that it's go- it's gonna see her or the the chick and try to attack the chick. So Raptor and Raptor Red can see that the acros are coming and the acros they... are coming for her sister and Robbie who are fighting and not paying attention to that. <laughs> well, they're paying attention. That was one of the moments that that was very interesting in the narrative is that the sister notices the acros and still lunges at Robbie. Oh, I, and, I missed and... that. I just remember Raptor Red going, "I'm gonna lose everybody." Right now. There was a line where Raptor Red says something like, "How stupid!" or like, you're, uh, "How could you do that?" Like, we we know there's a different threat. And now you're you're just gonna you're just gonna die now. Um, that was the I think the moment. Um, but I think I I read it as that the sister acknowledged that the Acros were also there, but still wanted to kill Robbie. So and and uh, the sister attacks Raptor Red. She swipes at her and scratches her on her arm and wounds her. It's yeah, a, it's a it's an intense scene. Uh, so very long story short, Raptor Red is in playing her games and being intelligent, figures out a way to trick the Acros into chasing her into the water so that she can get them to be attacked by the giant monster fish. Thing. She, she's running along the beach. She knocks her niece out of the way and times it just right that the huge sea monster grabs the Acro. Right deflating her mate from any kind of further attack because he just lost his uh, his lady love. Yeah, and they have chicks that they need to go tend to, too. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he has to realize that he's lost his mate and he's got to figure out what he's going to do next. But then, a- after all the dust settles, 
it seems like Robbie has abandoned her. And he, he's earlier in the chapter or in a previous chapter, it was established that there were some other female raptors that had popped around and left their dung droppings so that just to advertise, you know, hey, we're here too. And we don't have uh, obnoxious sisters. And we don't, or we are each other's obnoxious sisters. Yeah, but, but we, we don't, don't have, have chicks, so we're not be right. We don't have men is the most important part. Right. Filthy men. And uh, so, so at the end of the end of the uh the chapter uh robbie like red sees robbie basically running away and she calls out to him like hey you're going the wrong way like like a plan of cry like she really puts herself out there and he just stops for a moment he's like nah i'm done yeah it's like that moment and she's all that where like she realized like she realizes freddie prince jr has you know set her up this whole time and she's like I don't think so. And then Freddie Prince Jr. is like, no, I, 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 it turns out I really like you. And she's like, no, hack e sack. I don't think so. And uh, that's what happened to Raptor Red. And it's just tragic. Yeah. Except we don't get that scene where Raptor Red takes off her, her glasses and shakes her hair up. Or her or her uh, paint splattered overalls. Paint splattered overalls, right. Yeah. Anyway, so, so then there's a red or Robbie runs away and goes uh, in the direction of the uh available female raptors who don't have all the baggage of a psychotic sister yeah and and raptor red stands on like a dune like waiting for him to come back for like five hours i think it says um it's sad it made me sad i felt bad for her it was it was very sad and it was impressive that i, f- I could feel bad for a dinosaur <laughs> I don't know. a raptor no less yeah and that's where we end Unless you have anything else, that's where we end this. This I don't. These chapters. I don't. Do you think we'll see Robbie again? I do. Yeah. I, I mean, it's cliche, but I kind of do. It's either going to be cliche, we see him again, or it'll be really, really, really tragic, and we'll be like, "Wow, what a like!" Oh, life really is a bummer. Thanks, backer. Um, <laughs> I really needed to read a dinosaur book to learn that lesson that life sucks. And well, evolution maybe she'll doesn't just, care about she'll your just feelings. learn to be happy with what she's got, which is a sister and two nieces. Or she dies and never passes on her genes. Like, I mean, that's another reality that can happen in nature. Why wouldn't it be on the table? I mean, I guess that's possible. Maybe they I all mean, die. Maybe it's like feel, Game of Thrones like and nobody makes it this, out. I feel like the whole point of this book is to describe how raptors have sex, and that's what I'm waiting for. And you don't want to read a Chuck Tingle book. I didn't say I don't. I mean, except for the number of times I said I didn't. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to say? I don't. I don't have any new words. So um, I think the next episode of Death Readers will finish Raptor Red. The Stegno Caves through the end, right? Yeah. Uh, Stegno Caves through the end. And, and, and we'll be done with our dinosaur trilogy. And we'll see what the future holds. And then we'll... Uh, so tune in next time for our roll off to determine what we're going to be reading next. Rob has no idea what's even on the table. He doesn't know what the options are. I don't. I don't know. I maybe I'll, I'll just I, maybe I don't even know. Maybe I don't know exactly what the options will be. Uh I have the world is mine oyster and I have as many different things that I could pluck from the fruitful depths of the ocean as there are books in the library. You give me a real uh a real bug bopper. Uh, if you're suggesting that I should die in a fiery plane crash, I will say that's rude. I was not suggesting oh, okay. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. La bugba. 
Bailar, Bailar, the, La Bugba. The, I think yeah. I think what you're thinking of is La Cucaracha. That's that's the song about a bug. The Buggy Holly story. This is a bad bit. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Tune in next time, and we're, we're going to figure out what our next book is. We're going to finish this book. We're going to have our final thoughts on it, and we'll, I guess we'll see you next time. So uh, I think that was Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. So so we were watching uh, the sports game today, and... Uh, the guy, they, they it was a pregame show, so they cut to a guy uh, on on the field. And he's talking about what's going to happen in the game today, and it this is what it sounded like to me. So then I started just doing this, <laughs> like I just started talking like this at work, and it made uh, it made my coworker uh, un, like confused, and maybe even bothered. <laughs> but so I just started going. Yeah, so out here on the gridiron, you got to get the guys. And there's these are the guys who play football. And what they do with the football is they like to pass it around. They send it from one guy to another guy. He takes it downfield. But the other guys on the other team, they're in different uniforms. They want to stop him. So he doesn't want to be stopped. So what does he do? He gets other guys. These other guys stand in front of him between the other uh, uniformed guys. And they try to stop them from stopping him. So before he can stop that, he's got to take the ball and move it as far as possible. He's got to get on that gridiron and run. When he gets on that gridiron, he sees, oh, am I on the gridiron? Yes. Am I off the gridiron? Am I in the offsides? If so, that's not where you should be. That's where the photographers and the journalists and the referees are. You don't want to be there. That's where the coaches are. You don't want to be there. That's where the cheerleaders are. Are you a cheerleader? No, you're a football man. You take the football from the one place to the other place. And those other guys between you and there, they want to stop you. And you don't want them to stop you, so you got to get the other guys to stop them. The only way to do that is to take that ball in your tiny little man hands and take them all the way to the house. Which house? The football house. What's that? A stadium. Where's that? Big cities. What are you going to do that for? The people. Who are the people? They're your fans. What are you going to do after that? Go to Disneyland. But before you can go to Disneyland, you got to get that ball from that one spot on the gridiron to that other spot on the gridiron. And what's between there? These other guys. <laughs> Don't you dare delete that. <laughs> It was delightful and it made me happy. Thank it's, you. It's just it's it, ha- it always sounds like the same prattle <laughs> to me. It always sounds like the same pattern and gibberish and essentially nonsense. It's like when you talk to somebody, you talk to an athlete after the game, like if you're interviewing a, a baseball star or someone who did the good thing in the one game today. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, you're like, uh, "How important was that uh, hit for your team to uh, to take home the W today?" And the guy goes. Oh, you know, uh, I think it was probably pretty pivotal. Uh, I, I got, uh, and, and then you say, okay, well, uh, well, how do you think you made that happen tonight? And he goes, well, you know, you just got to get out and get in the box and you got to see the pitch, follow it with your eyes. And the pitch comes your way. You got to take your pitch. If you don't take your pitch, you're going to miss your pitch. So I'm just out there. I don't like to miss my pitches. So I take them when I see them. And this one, I kept my eye on it. I saw it the whole way. Took it, took it deep. There, guys, they can't handle that. Now, you're talking about a, a game where I can only get. Uh, 
on a good on a good season, I'm getting this. Uh, I'm taking those pitches that I see, my pitches, the ones I don't want to miss, three times out of a uh, out of ten. That's a good time. If I'm doing that, I'm the best. So I didn't want to miss it, so I took it today, and I think that played a big pivotal role in us getting the W tonight. Yep. And then you're like, all right, well, uh, you you guys are playing pretty hard. How do you think that? Uh, how do you think your your clubhouse uh, uh, is going to be affected by the 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 win today? Uh, well, I think tomorrow we're probably going to, uh, or next time we're going to get out here and we're going to, you know, just play with a lot of heart. You just got to get out in the field and put all everything out there. You can't leave anything in the in the locker room. You can't leave anything off the field. If you get out here and you, you're uh, out there trying to leave stuff off the field, you're not going to have a good time. And you're not going to win. And I think me and all my guys in the dugout, we're here to win. And we're going to take it, everything we have. We're going to leave it on the field. Uh, and I think that uh, the other guys, I mean, they're good guys. I know those guys in the dugout over there and the other team, the other uniforms. And I think that they uh, also want to leave everything out in the field. But I think we just did a better job of leaving it out on the field today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you said. And it's just <laughs> fucking pointless. Like, it's just like, it's just, there's no value in any of that garbage. And that's how they all sound to me. Well, 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 what have we here? See, every time I say that, I think of it as it should start off as Lando Calrissian. It starts out with Lando, and then it goes into uh, Oogie Boogie. So, well, 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 what have we here? Santa Claus! Ooh, I'm really scared! (laughs) That's a a pretty clear example of reverse psychology you got going on there but i'm aware of reverse psychology you're a werewolf psychology i'm a werewolf psychology that doesn't make any sense you does that mean you only know how people work on a full moon <laughs> that's that sounds pretty accurate <laughs> you hate your mother your these are your greatest fears your your fear of success is holding you back. Your poor coping mechanisms derive from an inability to process trauma. I'm the rewear psych versus psychology wolf. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's let's read, shall we? <laughs> stupid-ass handwriting. I've been meaning to talk to you about your stupid-ass handwriting. Yeah? So stupid. So ass. Mostly. 